Welcome to Life in the Library with your hosts, Cheyenne and Sam. Hey guys, I mean Sprouts. Welcome back to another episode of Life in the Library. I'm Sam. I'm Cheyenne. Sorry that we didn't post an episode on Saturday. We did record one, I promise. Oh my lord. We had some audio issues and then life kind of just smacked the crap out of Cheyenne and I. Yeah. So, we're just now getting back in the studio to record. It didn't just smack us, you guys. It put us in a shopping buggy, and it ran us down a hill. And then got hit by a semi. Into a rock quarry. (laughs) (laughs) We'll tell you more later. But, on today's episode, Cheyenne's going to talk about poisons, and I'm going to talk about potential witches. (laughs) Yay! So, um, Cheyenne, did you remember our library fact this time? I 100% did. Wow, I'm so proud of you. But you should tell yours first. I'm going to. Okay. Mine is the most popular genre in prison libraries is drum roll, drum roll please. <laughs> Paranormal romance. Woo. So crazy. Yeah, literally. I really would have figured that it would have been like horror murder. thrillers. Yeah. Think of some like murder big, like jacked murderers. Like, oh, let me read about this like ghostly lover encounter. I mean, they've already done the murder thing, so. Still, let me read about this ghostly (laughs) lover encounter. I mean, what else do they have to do? I don't want to know about Casper's love life. (laughs) Casper was so nice. (laughs) I would read about Casper. Anyway. And his love life? Yeah, didn't he fall in love with a girl? He did. Yeah. And then he turned back into a human. Yeah, so they probably wrote a porn book about Casper. Ew. Uh There went my childhood. You're welcome. (laughs) Anyway, my library fact (laughs) is more PG. Ish. <laughs> Why was PG? I just made it PG thirteen. In the nineteenth century, it was not uncommon to find libraries, or more likely shelves, with emerald green books laced with arsenic. Mm. Wow! How go for the ugly books? Literally, if you want to be safe in the library, go for the books that are not brightly colored. How fitting, seeing as how my favorite color is currently emerald green, and my book for this week is about all the different types of poison. What book are you reading? It's called A Taste of Poison, and it is by Neil Bradbury, Ph.D. This book, you guys, if you would to buy this book in, like, a bookstore, guess how much this book would be? $35. $28. Oh. <clears throat> Sorry. Insane. We got it for free at the Elatro County Library District. Woot, <laughs> <laughs> woot. I'm not typically a person who seeks out nonfiction books, but what I did love about this book is the way that Dr. Neil um, Bradbury speaks on the captivating uses of poison as a murder weapon. He also pairs it with the way that the poison interacts within your body. So I thought that was pretty cool because he would take like a true nonfiction murder like news outlet story and tell you what poison that he worked with in that story. And how it works in your body. So, like, does it shut down your liver first? Does it cause internal bleeding? Like, so I thought that was really cool. Um, You can definitely tell throughout the entirety of this book that Dr. Bradbury is a real murder mystery and true crime junkie, just like Sam and I. So, Dr. Bradbury, if by any weird oddball chance you just so happen to come across our little baby podcast and want to do an interview with us, we'd love to have you. (laughs) (laughs) That part. There is one story in this book that actually stood out to me. But solely because of just how easy it was to almost get away with and how, if done right, which is literally what the detective stated, they would have gotten away with it. (laughs) So the poison of choice actually created 
one of the most commonly known drinks to this day. The drink was... Gin and tonic. Yeah. Gin and tonic. So in the 19th century, a lot of British Army officers were being sent on deployments that often led them to getting tormented by relentless mosquitoes. (laughs) That part? (laughs) I'm so allergic to them. And if you're anything like me, you're thinking, what the heck does this have to do with literally anything? But just bear with me for a second because it gets really interesting. Mosquitoes carry malaria. Yes. Which they were ever so rudely gifting the officers as a crappy party favor. (laughs) (laughs) So y'all think that COVID was a bad pandemic? In the mid-1800s, this got so bad that the average life expectancy um, literally got cut in half. So there was this physician named George Cleghorn. And he discovered that the bark from a chinchinawa tree, I think I said that completely wrong, but we're going to continue, contains a compound which, when dissolved into water, was very effective in fighting off malaria. So the only problem was the taste of the compound, because why? It's disgusting. (laughs) It was said to be so bitter that it was very, very hard to get down. So the officers got very creative, as you would if you were dying from malaria and needed to take medicine. (laughs) And came up with the first ever gin and tonic by adding sugar, lime, and gin to the, like, bark of this tree. Hence, the origin of gin and tonic. Wow. However, 150 years later, (laughs) in Scotland. I actually really want to go to Scotland really bad one day. Uh, I want to go to Ireland, so we'll just tag team and split. Yeah, we'll do both. We'll land and be like, peace out. Bye. Um, A man named John Mason had a very different idea of how to use this gin and tonic, and it turned very sinister very, very fast. Murder. Literally. (laughs) Mason was having an affair with some woman who, obviously, I didn't get her name because I didn't care because it made me mad. (laughs) Men. And because of that, he started hating his wife and ended up wanting to leave his wife, and he came up with all these ideas. There's this thing called divorce. (laughs) Just saying. Yeah, seriously. Like, you don't have to kill her, dude. (laughs) But he was like, how do I get rid of my wife? I don't want to get divorced. (laughs) Anyway, Mason wanted to kill his wife so he could be with this other woman. So he started thinking ways to do that. And he came up with the great idea, or rather in his mind, a great idea, of how to kill her without getting caught. His plan was to trick the town into thinking someone was poisoning them, causing a mass panic, never making him a suspect. So what did he do? He went to Safeway. What just Safeway? <laughs> so it's kind of like in like a Hitchcock's or an Aldi. <clears throat> so a grocery store. Yeah. Okay. They're like in Virginia <laughs> and like um and apparently Scotland. Yeah, and apparently Scotland. <laughs> so he went to this Safeway and he bought a bunch of tonic, like 15 tonic bottles. And he took them home. He injected them with this poison, atropine. So let's say he put like 15 milliliters. It tells you how much he actually put in there, but I don't know. Anyway, so he injected them with like 15, we're going to say milligrams of atropine. And he put them back on the shelves in the Safeway. And then slowly people started buying these tonics because it was like a big thing back then. Like if you had any kind of ailment or sickness, they were just like, oh, make a gin and tonic. You'll be fine. Weird, but okay. Fine. (laughs) It's kind of like the same thing people used to do with hot toddies. Yeah, exactly. So, 
people were buying these drinks and there were like cases popping up all over this town of people getting really sick like stomach issues and all <laughs> i'm sick i drank this and got more sick wow no, so they didn't know what was causing no, it no i know yeah i'm just saying yeah so eventually like all these people kept getting sick and they were like okay what is the determining factor between all these people like what have all these people had in the past week and why are they all getting sick and they were like oh tonic well they still didn't have any idea where the like what was causing the tonic to make these people sick so they just kind of put it on the back burner and then mason one day his wife got like an upset stomach and she was like hey can you go to the grocery store for me and get me a tonic and he was like yeah of course i'll get you a tonic so he brought a tonic home and he injected it with like triple the dose of what he put in the ones in safeway so let's just say 150 milligrams of atropine he put like 150 milligrams of atropine in her drink and she got really 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 sick and he like called the on-call doctor because back then they didn't have like you know how it was so he called the home doctor and he was like hey we need you to come visit my wife she's not feeling good and uh he what knew i meant was they didn't have ambulances and hospitals <laughs> back then they just had a doctor that they called yeah and he would like come visit you in your house but their normal doctor was on vacation and mason knew this so mason was like i'll call nobody will answer and he won't be able to come out by the time he comes out my wife will be dead like checkmate and so he was super excited. But then he left a voicemail because he was trying to have an alibi. He wanted to be like, hey, I called and left a voicemail. And these people, like, I couldn't have killed her because I'm the one that called. Anyway, so there was an on-call doctor. And the on-call do- doctor called him back and was like, hey, like, I can come see your wife. So the on-call doctor came and, like, saw the wife. And he was like, oh, I think she's been poisoned. Like, she's really sick, blah, blah, blah. And Mason was like, oh, weird. The police came to, like, survey the house because at that point it became a crime scene. And Mason's dumb self left the freaking gin and tonic on the counter that he made for his wife. Was it the cup? Yeah. Or, like, the drink? No, so he... You said the cup last time. You said he didn't wash out the cup that he used. Oh, no, no, no. So she didn't drink it all. Okay. Because she said that it tasted funny. Okay. Yeah. So she's like, oh, this doesn't taste good, which, smart girl. Smart girl, because that's the only thing to say to her life. <laughs> so they saw this cup, and they tested the cup, because obviously, suspicious. <laughs> and they were like, oh, this has the same stuff in it that the Safeway Tonics had in it, except this one has 150 milligrams, <laughs> and the other ones had 15. So they take him in for questioning, but this kid, like, jumped the gun and was like, oh, I love what this murderer is doing or trying to do. He's, like, my idol, so I'm going to tell these cops that I did it. So they were, like, okay, you're our number one suspect. And they took this kid in, and they were questioning the kid, and they were asking him, well, how much, like, how many milligrams of atrophine did you put in the Safeway bottles? And the kid was, like, uh, uh, I don't know. So then they were, like, yeah, okay, whatever. (laughs) And they let the kid go. They eventually arrested Mason because, obviously, he did it. And then guess who ended up being Mason's cellmate? The kid. The kid. literally he's like because the kid after like they let him the police let him go the kid was like oh this was such a great idea i'm gonna try it (laughs) and he went and did it himself dummy anyway so that's pretty much like what the book does it tells you the poison like the origin story of the poison and then it matches it with a true crime story for you to follow up with which i thought was pretty cool yeah because normally nonfiction books are like 
here's all this factual evidence and all this science and blah, 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 blah. And that's it. But this one was like, here's all this science. Here's how it works. Here is how it happened in real life. Like, this yeah. is what somebody did to actually do it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I thought it was cool. Anyway, Sam, tell us about your book. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so the book that I read was called Cackle, but if you ask Cheyenne, the whole time she called it Crackle. You know what it reminds Like, okay. The nail polish that we used Yes, the, the Crackle nail polish. Yeah. So I read Cackle. <laughs> <laughs> so I read Cackle by Rachel Harrison. It was published October 5th, 2021, and you can purchase this book for $27. Oh, the book's not that old. No. Oh, that's cool. I, di- I didn't realize that it was a newer book. So, Cackle starts out in Manhattan, New York, with Annie, who has just turned 30, and has just been dumped by her decade-long boyfriend, Sam. Wow. How ironic. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Way to break her heart, Sam. Just doing what I do. (laughs) On her birthday. When in real life, Sam is actually the one that gets her heart broken. (laughs) (laughs) Also, screw you for not responding to my TikToks. There's 27 of them. Yeah, because my for you page really said for you. <laughs> it's not funny. Go play them all right now. Literally, look. I'm, it wasn't 27. I'm, it was like 5 at 2 in the girl, morning. Girl, I logged onto my TikTok this morning and look, 27 messages. Click on it. I was like, absolutely not. It's not and actually I did that. 27. <laughs> oh my god. I didn't click on it. Click on Sam, it. Sam, 25? Click on it. <sighs> anyway, for you. That's what the TikTok said. <laughs> Feel the burn. <clears throat> okay. We're just going to restart. <laughs> yeah, because I have no idea where we were now. <laughs> so, Cackle starts out in Manhattan, New York with Annie, who has just turned 30 and has just been dumped by her decade-long boyfriend, Sam, on her birthday, which mine is around the corner. Whoop, whoop. The one coworker that she's sort of friends with. Wow. <laughs> Me. Just one. <laughs> drags her out on the town and eventually to a psychic for a palm reading she is told that she has a dark fate now it's time for her to move on literally she takes a teaching job in a town called aster and moves into an upstairs apartment in rowan the tiny neighboring town this small apartment is perfect except for she keeps finding spiders ew cheyenne and i would 100 percent kill spiders Mm. but annie doesn't she just scoops them up and puts them outside wow what a little naturist On Annie's first teaching day, her class is very disruptive, so she stops at the small liquor store on her way home, and this is where she meets Sophie. What? Sophie is this perfect in almost every way being. Sophie invites her to the farmer's market. Aw, cute. I know, right? That weekend. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) To meet the townspeople. Annie notices that Sophie never pays for anything, and people seem kind of weary of her. When Annie asks... Sounds like somebody you'd want to be friends with. I know, right? (laughs) Sophie just tells her that she owns a lot of land, and she also hints that she is way older than she looks. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Right? Anyways, Sophie invites Annie over to make pie and drink wine. Aw, cute. But then it storms pretty heavily. Sophie offers Annie a bed after telling her she doesn't drive. She also, I didn't put this in here, but she also goes out to the window because Annie doesn't like thunder. So she goes to the window and looks out of it, and she's like, stop that. And then the freaking storm stops. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) I'd be like, "Mm, get out. (laughs) No, this is Sophie. It's her house. I'd be like, "Mm, I'm leaving. Okay. (laughs) So Annie stays the night. 
something happens that makes her not want to return. But guess what she does? What? Returns. returns. What an idiot. <laughs> Are you calling me an idiot? Because I would return. Yes! <laughs> You'd be the girl in the horror movie that's like, wow, a ghost. And I'd be like, yeah, let's leave. And you're like, no, I want to be its friend. That part. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's nice. It just is in here by itself. It's lonely. Exactly. <laughs> Whatever. Leave me alone. <laughs> While she is there, she tells Sophie about the disruptive boy in her class. The next day, the kid vomits a spider. Just one? Just one. Oh. A big one. Ew. That's disgusting. Yeah, that part. After the rest of the week of the kid not being in her class, Annie asks the principal about him, only to find out that he transferred out of the class. I would, too! <laughs> First of all, I didn't know you could just, like, up and transfer out of classes. Your friend made me throw up a spider. Yes, I'm transferring out of your class. Touche. Annie tells Sophie what happened. Now, this doesn't come as a shock at all. Imagine that. Sophie admits to cursing the boy. Disgusting. <laughs> a little kid, man. Just it's high like, school. It's high school. Uh, Worst things have happened in high school than throwing is, up a spider. That is very true. Anyways. After a minute, Annie much pretty just accepts that it is what it is. <laughs> so many insane things happen in this book. At one point... Annie is swimming at Sophie's, and a ghost just tries to drown her. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> and then Sophie admits that the house is haunted and banishes all the ghosts to the cellar so that they won't harm Annie. She was just chilling with the ghost beforehand, though? Pretty much. <laughs> they were her friends. <coughs> now they hurt her one friend, so she was like, she's a better friend than y'all, so bye. <laughs> to the cellar. The whole time I'm reading this book, I'm just over here like, what the heck is going on? I bet. <laughs> Let's not forget what even got Annie to this town was her breakup. <clears throat> she calls Sam one night, and during the call, she finds out that he has a new girlfriend. Did Sophie cause the breakup? No, this was before she even met Sophie, remember? Okay, I was saying, well, it'd be creepy witchy stuff if she, like, caused her breakup, and then all of a sudden they became friends. She moved to a whole other town. She didn't I'm even just know saying, Sophie. listen. Sophie didn't even know her. Anyways. Sophie comforts her during this time. Of course she does. <laughs> like a narrator. <laughs> and then tells her to leave Sam in the past. As she should. <laughs> yes. When Sophie goes to leave, she gives Annie a special tea. A special what? <laughs> a special tea. A special tea. Oh, okay. It's mushroom tea. Oh, uh, like hallucinogenic mushrooms? This tea makes her <gasps> heavily hallucinate. Oh my god. <laughs> Great. What a friend. <laughs> Now, there was a line in this book that cracked me up, and it was, I have been puking for some time, when I realized that I have been puking for some time. <laughs> oh my gosh, imagine being stuck in a trip where you're just steady throwing up, and you're like, oh, did I just throw up? Yeah, I threw up. <laughs> oh, did I just throw up? Yeah, I threw up. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awful. <laughs> Unfortunately, this tea did not help Annie with how she saw herself. Well, obviously. <laughs> and she just wanted to wallow in self-pity. I would, too, if I'd been throwing up in a loop for an hour. And then she, like, gets mad at Sophie, and Sophie's like, I didn't realize, like, I didn't mean to make it that strong, I'm sorry. <laughs> she's I like, just it's meant okay. to drown you a little bit, she's not like, a lot. She's like, it's okay. <laughs> oh my God. Later on in the week, Jill, the principal, sets up a blind date with her husband's friend, Pascal, and her and her husband. Sophie surprises Annie with a new dress the night before the date. Oh, cute. The date goes horrible. Wow, of course it does. <laughs> it's like me setting you up on a date. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> Jill's husband is extremely rude to Annie, and at one point, Annie gets fed up, and Jill's husband begins to choke and pull bones from his mouth. Yum. Tasty. So Annie runs to Sophie's house the next day, asking 
if she did the whole bones in the mouth thing and Sophie has no idea what she's talking about. She's a liar. She's not. She did it. I don't know. Is Annie a witch too? Is she? I don't know. Mm. Read the book. You know. Of course I know. <laughs> <coughs> she knows. I know she knows. <laughs> One night while Annie is at home, she decides to go grab a drink and overheard the town people talking. About what? I don't know. (laughs) Annoying. They say that Sophie is corrupting Annie and they're they're only okay with one and not two in the town. Ooh. Annie is shocked by what she hears and hurries home. She has also been talking to Sam again. Ew. I know. And he wants to come see her. Of course he does. She is excited because she wanted him back this whole time. Disgusting. Well, until he shows up. While he is there, Annie realizes she doesn't want to go back to that life of doing everything to please him and it not being returned because girl's name. Good for her. Annie hides in the bathroom while he's at the house to, like, process her feelings. And when she emerges, she hears him on the phone. And he says, just guy stuff and I miss you too. Disgusting. Annie knows who he's talking to, but she asks anyways. Sam never broke up with that girlfriend, just in case things didn't work out with him and Annie. Wow. What a so piece she's of a backup garbage. plan. Disgusting. This well, is why men are trash. Technically, Shannon would be the backup plan. Trash. But yeah. Let's just say that Annie was feeling a little bit angry. Obviously. <laughs> so angry that Sam's legs give out. He's squirming on the floor and blood is coming from his eyes and mouth. Oh my gosh, this is so morbid. <laughs> and then. It's Sam's little murderous laugh for me. <laughs> And then he starts to turn blue. Annie doesn't know how or if she's even doing it or how to make it stop. Oh, my God. I'd be freaking out. Am I doing this? Help. <laughs> she tries to calm herself down and make it stop. She tells Sam to leave. I'm sorry. With no legs? He has legs. They're just they're crippled. <laughs> I'm sorry. With blood pulling out of his eyes? <laughs> he runs, okay? He runs. Straight out the door. He grabs his crap. Peace out. <laughs> it's the adrenaline. <laughs> Literally. Annie apologizes to Sophie because she was mad that, you know, when she found out she was talking to Sam again. She pretty much said, me or the dude. And Annie was like, the dude. Dummy. (laughs) So she apologizes to Sophie and everything's back to normal, whatever's normal for witches, I guess. (laughs) Whatever normal is. (laughs) So all in all, this book wasn't my favorite, but it was pretty good. What I took from it was, I relate to Annie. (laughs) Not in the witch side of things. (laughs) I went through We're a... We're not a secret coven, guys. <laughs> I went through a pretty traumatic breakup. Cheyenne knows. Disgusting. And almost immediately, he was with someone else, which I totally saw it coming. We all saw it coming. I'm pretty sure the whole time I told him to get back with her. <laughs> Anyways. You did. However, I understand Annie's pain. But at the end of the book, she finds herself. Witch or no witch. Aw, you're starting to do that now. Yeah, that part. <laughs> I'm so proud of you, friend. She realizes that she doesn't need Sam, or that she doesn't need to be in a relationship to have happiness. And, girl, same. Wow. <laughs> I promise I'm not throwing shade. Cheyenne is, but I'm not. I am definitely throwing shade. You know who you are. <laughs> but a huge weight was lifted off of my shoulders after that breakup. And a possible literal demon. <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> Crickets. No comment. Um, I realized that that was not where I was meant to be. And I believe that Satan had a huge part in that relationship. Uh, duh. (laughs) Because I had just mentally gotten myself to a really good place, and he sent someone to just tear me down all over again. Someone, yeah, from his own temple. (laughs) (laughs) It's not funny. It's so true. (laughs) If you 
don't know who we're talking about and you know who we are, you should know who we're talking yeah, about. Yeah, for real. It could really only take you like two seconds. But now I'm working on my own happiness that <laughs> no one can take away from me. So thank you for joining my TED Talk. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> the end. On today's crazy oh my God. crap show of a life. So, as we all know, I'm moving and trying to sell my house. <laughs> Trying to be dramatic. <laughs> my house that was built in the 90s. Supposedly. On paperwork. Depending on who you ask. Caught on fire in the 80s. Which makes no sense. And no one ever told anybody. So now, you know, the the old man that lived there, the younger but not younger than me couple that lived there, nobody knew about this fire, but leave it to the single 23-year-old to have to deal with a fudged up foundation, a burnt crispy roof. <laughs> you guys, this is not burnt. It is like... Charred. Charred. We'll post a picture. And I had to replace my water heater. <laughs> so if you're wondering why this episode is late, <laughs> Cheyenne's also losing her job. <laughs> because they're closing, not because she's a bad employee. Yeah. They're closing. Sad. So yeah. So um, my buyer that I had backed out, which totally understandable. Don't blame him. He also feels extremely bad for me. Yeah, poor dude. Um... Also, but also shout out to that dude's inspector because we would have never known. But also, it is very prevalent to point out that Cheyenne picked up coffee on her way here and she got herself, well, she accidentally got herself a grande and got me a venti. And Cheyenne has only had like maybe three sips out of hers and mine's gone. That's because you don't like when I swish my coffee in the podcast. We should have switched it before the podcast. Mine's empty, Cheyenne. If I chug it, it hurts my tummy because of all the sweet cream. Mine is gone. Well, I always finish my coffee before you do, though. I know. I like to enjoy my coffee. Sam just doesn't want to taste it. She just wants to get all the caffeine rush straight to her head. <laughs> Sam shotguns her coffee, you guys. <laughs> it tastes good. She's like, let me get this caffeine buzz right now. I want my caffeine buzz to last. Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, that's why. Our lives have been crazy. Yeah, that part. But we're killing it. <laughs> but we got one more episode after this one. Yeah, and then that's and we're the gonna end of the season, you We're going to wrap up season one so that we can hopefully get our wives to calm back down. And help Sam move. Because yes. she hates me and she's leaving me forever. <laughs> and to celebrate my birthday. Because both my friends are going to live out of state now and I'm literally not going to have anybody but my husband and he also hates me. But you can come visit me. I'm a lot closer than Cassidy. I know. Cassidy's like a 14-hour drive. You're like an eight? Seven. Seven. Seven, eight. I'll just go and visit you on the way up to go see her. <laughs> exactly. Um, oh, Cheyenne, I wanted to ask you a question. Oh, geez. I was going to, like, run up to you while recording this to ask this. What's it like? Are you going to make me cry? Don't no, be mean. No, I'm, I'm, well, I'm not being mean to you. What's it like being a photographer and photographing your best friend who completely hates herself? Oh, my God. It's really annoying, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it's really annoying. Shine will take a hundred pictures, and I'll barely like one of them. But you know the funny thing is, so I'll take a hundred, right? I'll give her three because I know that she'll hate the rest. So I pick the three that I know that she's gonna like be okay with, and then I send them to her. Which, mind you, I think they look gorgeous. And she's like, hate, 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 slightly hate, acceptable, loathe, hate, 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 meh. And it's so frustrating because she just doesn't even see how pretty she is. It's not that you're a bad photographer. It's just that I'm ugly. <laughs> no, you're not. You're very pretty. So you got, you got anything else to talk about? No, I think that wraps up today's episode. We told them about ending. Things. 
Mm-hmm. We're not ending. We're just taking a break. Well, ending this season. All right. Well, until next time. Bye. Thank you, Big Daddy Unlimited, for partnering with us on this podcast.